goddamn work being this good. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Oh, oh, rabbit ears, am I starting to get to you? No, Sydney, you aren't getting to me. You're just making my eardrums hurt. See, the thing is, you guys look at me, you see the backwards hat, the uh, gray socks, the funky outfit, and you say, now this guy's a chump, am I right? No, fucking geek. A, a fucking like, geek. geek, exactly. Like geek. But what you don't realize is that it ain't easy. It is hard <laughs> damn work making something this pretty look like a chump or a geek. So I must be doing it for a reason. Well, you got me convinced, whatever the reason may be. Fact is, I missed this shot, I walk away, I'm still a chump. But you miss, and you've been beat, well, not once, but twice by a slow, white, geeky chump. <laughs> ain't no thing, ain't no thing. Sydney, no thing but a chicken wing on a string. I'm Burger King. Sydney, I noticed that that wind was kicking up a bit on my last shot, you might want to just about. Six, eight inches to the left. Here it is. This is the big one. All the money. Don't worry, Sydney. I've hustled a hell of a lot better players than you before. <laughs> Don't put up no brick. Hey, would you stop <laughs> yapping and let brother shoot? Oh, Brick. Hey, man, give me my money, man. Hey, 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 hey. hey, hey. There's a man with integrity. Hey, yo, don't you push your luck, man. Got nothing to do with luck. Hey, yo, man, you said we was going to Sizzler, Oh, man, shut your anorexic, malnutrition, tapeworm-having, overdose, Dick Gregory, Bahamian diet-drinking ass up. Leave me alone. He's Bobby Hensley. I'm Sean Steyers. We're two guys talking sports movies, and this week we go to one, I don't know if you can really call it a classic, but it is one that I think that most people have heard of, anyway. White Men Can't Jump. 1992, Woody Harrelson, Wesley Snipes, Rosie Perez as the lead female in this movie. Great cast. It is. It's a really good cast. And it's interesting. We were just talking before we started this up, just kind of about the background of some of these different people. This is Rosie's first, her, her first role was Do the Right Thing, 1989. And what's interesting about that, Spike Lee apparently meets her in a bar in New York City, they start talking, and he puts her in Do the Right Thing. So she has no acting experience. Not, I mean, she's. I think she's, she's trying to be an actress. Yeah, sure. but but nothing, nothing at all at that point. And then she goes on, and she's been steadily acting ever since then. I think her big break, like a lot of people in the early '90s, was In Living Color. Have you ever right, seen yeah. any of In Living Color? Yeah, that's where Jim Carrey got to start, right? Jim Carrey, the Wayans Brothers, Jamie Foxx, of course, J Lo was, was a Lopez. Fly Girl. Yeah, a few others that were on there. Yeah, the Fly Girls were the big thing. Kadeem Hardison, A Different World. Did you ever? That's probably before your time. That's too. a little bit before me. Yeah. It was the Cosby Show spinoff. Kadeem oh. Hardison was in A Different World with Lisa Bonet. So he was kind of somewhat, somewhat big at the time. Yeah, you knew about him. Um, and, of course, Wesley Snipes he did and ma- Woody Harrelson. Right. And Wesley Snipes had done Major League already. Yeah. So he had kind of started to hit it big. And what was interesting, Major League 2 didn't come out until 1994, but he ended up turning down Major League Two because he essentially thought he was too big time for it by that well, time. Well, he's like the biggest action star of the 90s at that point. Yeah, and that's like when you look at, so you've got Wesley Snipes, Woody Harrelson, and this is actually a reunion for them. They did the movie, another sports movie together, Wildcats in 1986, starring Goldie Hawn as a female high school football coach. Right. 
And then they didn't they do another movie together later, or they were like paired up or something. They did a cameo or something. Now that I'm not sure about. So they've been around each other though. Yeah, this is. Uh, but this was really a launching point, and I think a little bit of a launching point for both of them. Like you said, Wesley had already done Major League, but it seemed like once this hit, this is where his star really starts rising. He was Willie Mays Hayes, of course, in Major League in 89, three years before this with Charlie Sheen. Uh, he turned down Major League Two, but then in 1990, King of New York, Mo Better Blues, New Jack City, and then this and Passenger uh, 57 in 1992. He makes kind of a bunch of meh for a while, but then Blade in 1998, and that's probably as high as his star ever got was when he was Blade and Blade Two. Right. Well, I, you know, this movie is probably part of that run, but even Major League, the problem is, is there's so many stars in it that one guy can't like just shine better than all of them. That's true. He had one of the, you know, one of the more prominent roles, I guess. It, him, Behringer, Charlie Sheen, the the three main roles in Major League. But right. yeah. Uh, and then, so this is really Woody Harrelson's launch into movies in 1992 because he's been doing Cheers since the mid-80s as Woody, uh, what was his last name? Woody Boyd. And there was really nothing about him that screamed star because when you think about Cheers, were you, now, again, you're, <laughs> you're fairly young. So, like, Cheers was completely before your time, but we do have that thing called syndication and all the streaming. So have you ever seen much of Cheers? It's funny. I've actually been watching it on Netflix the last couple months. Have like, you? Streaming okay. the episodes. So you're at least familiar with, with what Woody Harrelson did on there. I haven't gotten that far into the show yet. Kind of the, the, <laughs> the, uh, the young hayseed. But, I mean, right. there's, there's Ted Danson. There's George Wendt, Kirstie Alley, Shelley Long, Kelsey Grammer. So it's like... Woody, or yeah, Woody, his character and That's his real his name, name, yeah, buried on the depth chart on Cheers. So there's nothing that says Woody Harrelson is even a good actor, let alone he's going to be a big star. So really, this White Man Can't Jump was really a launching off point as far as Woody Harrelson's film career. And because again, then back then, 80s and 90s, there was a pretty distinct line. You were either, there were very few people who made it big both on TV and, and in the movies. You were one or the other. Bruce Willis, kind of before that, with Die Hard, after he was coming off you know, his run on TV, he was really one the of the first, first people yeah, to, to, to really make that jump into movies. And it's not that Woody Harrelson became a huge star, but, I mean, he does Indecent Proposal with Robert Redford and Demi Moore a year later, Natural Born Killers. And then, of course, he's, I think he's really had a career resurgence lately I think we've talked with about the this in one of the others. Yeah, Zombie Lands, True Detective with Matthew McConaughey, the original True Detective the series. The Good on Season. Yep. Yeah, that's right. The Good Season. Well, they said that this movie. One of the articles I read said that this would have propelled him into all that because he was. They you talked about depth chart, the seventh biggest star on Cheers. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So this was something that really put him into the movies. Yeah. So just sort of your for me again. This came out in 1992, and. I remember seeing it. Again, I don't think it's considered a sports movie classic or a movie classic by any means, but I, at the time, it was pretty big. And we'll talk about you know some of the, the details about this in a minute. This is the first time, though, that I've probably seen it since around that time. For you, it's the first time you've ever seen it. So some of your initial thoughts on White Men Can't Jump. I thought it was a great movie. I you say it's not a sports classic. I think it kind of is. I think it 
it probably should be held a little bit higher in the sports movie echelon. Yeah, it's got it's got a lot going for. It. I enjoyed the movie. Did you enjoy it the same? Or I did. Did you have a positive attitude before you watched it? I had, I would say lukewarm. Not not even lukewarm. All I really remembered about this movie, the the three main actors that we talked about, Woody, Wesley, and Rosie. Um, I remembered the general plot, but no details. No real lines that I remember. So you just remember about street ball. Nothing specific. Yeah, street ball, hustling. Yeah. That's that's really all I remember. The 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 entire plot, like I had forgotten about the 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 gambling guys or you know the the hitmen coming after yeah, right. Billy and all that different kind of stuff. They are kind of forgettable. The the movie was really good. However, there was a couple of points I'm like, oh, do we really need this much more? Yeah. Like it was two hours long, and I think it could have been an hour forty five. Yeah. It was written and directed by Ron Shelton. I want to talk about this a little bit. He's the same guy who wrote and directed both Bull Durham and Tin Cup, a couple of Kevin Costner vehicles. <laughs> um, but there are some common ties between these three movies when you sit back and think about it. In all three, you have the female love interest, right? Right. Where we've talked about that before, the relationship stuff that we've talked about, where it's not enough just to have a sports movie and comedy you also need this relationship stuff so that you get more broad appeal, both male right. and female. Something and, for everyone. Yeah, and so you have that connection in this as well. It was really strong in Bull Durham, probably strongest in Bull Durham, but you get that as well with Rosie Perez's character here. Yeah, and she actually interacts. She brings the whole thing together. I don't. I mean, she's obviously one of the main characters, mm-hmm. but in this movie, she's almost the figure that brings them, keeps melting them together. Yeah, which was. Something that I don't think I really remembered, and I'll get to that in stuff that I, since I have seen it before and don't remember, but in all three, you also have the male central figures with some kind of talent who can't quite get it's out of their struggling. own way. Yeah. yeah. In Bull Durham, it's Tim Robbins' character, Eddie Calvin, Nuke, Nuke Lelouch, yeah. all this talent but can't get it figured out. In this, it's Woody Harrelson who's a talented basketball player. He says he's played some college ball somewhere, but he's completely irresponsible when it comes to money. (laughs) That's putting it mildly. Yeah, and then, of course, in Tin Cup, you've got the Costner character with with all the talent, but can't get out of his own way as well. Right. Uh, Of those three movies, how would you rank them? I just wanted to say, before we we get to that, you, you do have to wonder if that, you know, because Ron Shelton was a minor league baseball player, never made it to the major leagues. You kind of have to wonder, since he wrote and directed all three of these, if that was sort of a theme, like semi-autobiographical from his life. Like he was this guy who, at least in his mind, had talent, but he Just managed to screw it. things up for himself. You know, that kind of stuff. They said that one of the things, this movie, he had the title before he had the plot. Really? Because he said he would play ball growing up. And he would always be the white guy in the corner just shooting a three-pointer. And they'd yeah. always make fun of him and say he can't jump. There you go. So he always, he had the title. So I think it is kind of autobiographical. Probably so. So you asked me how I would rank those three. And it's been a while since I saw 10 Cup. But I would probably put it Bull Durham, 10 Cup, White Man Can't Jump. Wow, really? Now, if I saw 10 Cup and had another, I, I might consider that a little bit differently. But Wow. I thought you'd put this above Tin Cup. Really? Yeah. 
Just because I'm not a golf guy? No, I I thought you'd like this movie. This one of your picks that you've made us watch this. So well, <laughs> not even. But again, it's not even because I remembered it that much. It's just because hey, here's a sports movie that I haven't seen in a long time. Bobby's never seen it at all. I remembered it as being pretty good, pretty funny. So why not? Let's give it a shot. Wow, all right. I feel like I like this movie more than you did. So how would you rank him then? I've never seen Tin Cup. So you've never seen Tin Cup. You can only it's have- amazing since we've started this project, the things you've never seen. Yeah, I know, that's why I wanted to get into this project. <laughs> a lot of movies I haven't seen before, including this one. Yeah. All right. You can only handle so much Kevin Costner. All right. But this movie also, it breaks through some of the stereotype stuff, like the automatic assumption that because here's Billy, because he's white and he's out on these mean streets in Los Angeles where you've got a predominantly black crowd playing pickup basketball and playing for money looking like a chump yeah that yeah it's hard to well we'll get to that in the <laughs> lines but yeah i mean you've got there's the automatic assumptions that because this guy is white he can't play basketball right and that he can't jump and the can't jump thing actually is true because one point they go to a basketball <laughs> and he's trying to dunk and he can never get there but then um there's also billy's line about sydney you'd rather look good and lose than look bad and when, well, it turns out Sydney actually does care. And he's the guy who's actually kind of got things under control because here's Billy with the girlfriend and he keeps losing all his money. He ends up blowing the relationship. Spoiler. Whoa. <laughs> and that but then here's Sydney with the wife and the kid, and they're trying to get out of the the low rent district, and he's he's got all these different jobs Side that he's doing, and, and he's, he's actually the one who's got it all together. He does actually care about the whole thing. And if he, I mean, the way that he got back into it for that last game is because he got robbed. It yeah. wasn't like he lost money or was being stupid. Yeah. I mean, he hasn't moved out. I guess that was dumb, but yeah, who, he has it all together. Who would you say is the more believable basketball player between the two? <laughs> well, by reading stuff, I know that it's Woody. That but, it's actually Woody? Yeah, but Wesley Snipes. Yeah. You think Wesley Snipes looks he like look, it. He has like a better build about him. Well, he's got the athleticism, and he looks the part. He does a lot of these one-hand ball fakes and all right. this stuff. But I, one thing that I noticed, because I had kind of heard someone else talk about this before, that it, that, you know, that it is Woody and Wesley isn't that believable, you don't see Wesley take a lot of jumpers. No. They're, it's mostly layups and drives and stuff and passes, like that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Where, where, again, he's using his athleticism, but... How good a basket. And apparently Woody had played some small college ball someplace. Right. And then we touched touched on that on semi pro, I think. That he looked like a believable shooter because yeah. he was. That's true. And you could see a lot of those camera shots that you bring that up. They're like wide shots. So there's no cutting. He actually yeah. made the shot. And when they're playing well, I don't we don't have to get in scenes yet. But we'll get there in a second. Yeah, that's fine. Um it was interesting that the basketball instructors, I'm sure you read this too, said that they both could have played Division Three basketball by the time they were done with the movie. Yeah, because that's said that, about the level they were at. They said they just kept playing and playing all day, for five days a week for mm-hmm. sun up to sundown. Let me ask you this. The title of the movie is White Men Can't Jump. They <laughs> use that line late in the movie. Do you like movies that also, you know, that, that have the title incorporated as a line in the movie? Do you like it when that happens? I do. I always think it's like a nice little Easter egg. Every time I hear it, I'm like, ah, ah there, we there go. you go. Yeah. You so, but you said he had the name for this picked out before he even wrote the movie, huh? Yeah. 
Interesting. I mean, it probably had a general idea for yeah. the plot, but he had nothing written to paper yeah. except for the title. And I was actually kind of waiting for that line because I was kind of like, I, I'm pretty sure they used it at some point. But it took them quite a bit Three deep quarters, into the movie yeah. yeah, before they actually did pull it out. So, And what's interesting is Woody, of course, in the pivotal scene where they're playing Duck and, and King Farouk, is that who it was? Yeah. Where the, the two street ball legends. legends, they beat them for the 5000 bucks that they win. But uh, so Woody ends up dunking for the winning basket in that, and apparently the goal they used nine was foot. only nine and a half. Was yeah, it nine no, feet? Nine and a half. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was. It was not the regulation ten feet because Woody Harrelson actually couldn't jump. He couldn't get up there to dunk. Yeah, well, I mean, the whole movie they kind of he lost his fortune a couple times. One of them was because he couldn't mm-hmm. dunk. Well, yeah, and the the other interesting thing I said that this doesn't rank as a classic, but it grossed more than seventy six million dollars. Which, like, if you look at it in today's economy, that's that's quite a bit of money, especially twenty. I mean, seventy-six years ago. million is seventy-six, but yeah, what I'm saying, it's probably that's double that now, don't you more, think? Yeah. yeah, or somewhere around there. Yeah. I don't know, adjusted for inflation. So, um, you haven't seen it. You asked me if my opinion changed, and I would definitely say, I would say this again. I saw it a long time ago, probably twenty-five years since I saw it. I remembered Rosie Perez's character being more annoying. Because she's got that kind of, you know, the Puerto Rican and the voice. And she uses little, the voice and she yeah. goes a billy, billy, you know, those kind of things. I remembered her being more annoying. And so I don't know if it was because of this movie or maybe some other stuff that I saw her in, like Do the Right Thing. I can't remember if it was based on just sort of Rosie being Rosie as opposed to this. I remembered her being more annoying. She was not as annoying. The only time she really got that high pitch level was maybe when she overdid it a little bit in that final scene where she breaks up with Billy and ditches him and goes her own way. Well, I think she does it a couple times when she he tells her he's lost everything right before she leaves to get in that truck yeah. and she's where yelling, she's yelling at, him. at him. Yeah. yeah. So it's just a, maybe when it's just when she's angry. So did you like her character? Did you like her <laughs> in general? Yeah, same kind of thing. I had like no, her wearing a t-shirt. I had no opinion of her coming into this. And then as the movie started I was I was hoping in my mind that he broke up with her early in the movie and she'd go away mm-hmm. or whatever, but that didn't happen. But yeah, I was watching her lay in bed in her T-shirt. That was fine. Yeah. Uh, the, I thought she was good, and I thought she actually brought a lot of the sort of bigger picture philosophical stuff, and we'll get into that in some of the lines and scenes here in a minute that sort of kind of, again, when you look at some of the recurring Ron Shelton themes that – Getting out of your own way. She brought some more of that than I would have, than I than I remembered. I think because I remembered it being more about just those two. But Rosie does actually have a pretty prominent, and she interacts in with thing. Wesley Snipes' character a lot too. Like yeah, that, that's true. It's not not just and Wesley's, she's trying, yeah. yeah, Wesley's wife and yeah and all that. Yeah, but I mean, the movie kept me engaged. I thought it was funny. Also, you know, a little bit maybe more thought provoking than I would have thought. And you sit and look at some of this stuff. The only <laughs> the only thing that I really noticed that I didn't remember a lot of yo mama jokes. Yeah, and, but, they, and they were pretty lame ones. Yeah, I maybe know. maybe they were new back then. I don't know. But now they've been around for a while. We'll get to things that bug us after we do scenes and lines. Okay. So and and also if the movie holds up and that kind of stuff. So we'll see where we go with that. And again, keeping in mind that this was made in 1992. So. One thing I noticed about this movie, watching it, is this movie have the most sports action in it of any sports movie we've watched? Ooh, now that's big for you. I, it so, really, it, I mean, there really is when you think about it. There was, there might have been more basketball 
than I remember. But I th- also help think that that it keeps us engaged a little bit more because they don't just go completely sidetracked with with relationship stuff and then leave out the basketball. There's there is a lot of basketball, and you get right to the basketball early on when he shows up at the at the court first scene. off the streets in his convertible. Yeah, yeah, that nice car he had. Yeah, yeah. But I was watching, it thinking, man, there's just a lot of basketball scenes, and they did a good job of keeping them fresh. I think so too. Like there was a lot of just no look pass layup, no mm-hmm. look pass layup, but it was still pretty good to watch. Yeah, and I mean, really, when you think about it, like this culture, because you know it's out there in the bigger cities, especially, and there's a lot of guys who. Like oh, I could have played in the NBA, and they're and they're out there playing the street ball at Rucker Park, and they, or whatever. yeah, and they're playing for money, and they're doing all this kind of stuff. But if you come from anywhere really outside of the big cities, it's you might as well be in another country. But this is a way of life. This there. is pretty prevalent. Yeah, yeah. The, whether it's New York City and the, the legends and and Los Angeles, Chicago, all these big cities, it's out there. Yeah, there's one guy from Rucker Park that made it in the NBA. I can't remember his name. Oh, yeah? Or he was part of that street scene that would like tour and was on ESPN okay. all the time. Okay, okay. And he made it in the NBA and kind well, of got squashed. And that's another <laughs> thing. Like the, the three-on-threes have become a lot more popular over the last, you know, 10, 20 years or whatever. The big and, three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's true. They're, they've got that league going on, that three-on-three. All right, let's get to favorite lines. I, I've talked quite a bit, so I will let you start us off with favorite lines. Uh. Right away off the bat, one of, the whole interaction is you're getting to know the characters I kind of enjoyed, but it's hard work making you look so bad. <laughs> yep, I've got that on there, too. It's hard make hard work making you look so bad. And then also you've got Billy um, with the uh, it's hard work to uh, – I can't find it on my sheet here. It's hard work to find a good quote. It, it's, it's, <laughs> it's hard work making someone so good look like a chump. Yeah, basically is what he says. That's after that he's, that, he's talking about himself. They had to pretend right. to be a chump to hustle him, basically. Right. Yeah. Um, I've got your mother's an astronaut. My mother's ju- too drunk to be an astronaut. That's pretty funny <laughs> and random. When they come at him, your mother's yeah. an astronaut. But, My mom's too drunk to be an astronaut. Well, that whole thing was funny, too, because the whole movie, they're going back and forth on how to get under each other's skin uh-huh. or to motivate or whatever. And that was how they got through to uh, Wesley Snipes' character mm-hmm. by talking about his mother. Um, I have sunshines on a dog's ass once in a while. Yep. And then right after, he goes, and anyone can win the lottery. <laughs> that's true. Because he made that's when they're playing the one-on-one uh-huh. game we, of horse, kind of. We talked about Kadeem Harden, and this is from that scene there where they're betting, and Sydney tells him if if he wins, they're going to Sizzler, and he's we're going to Sizzler, and that was <laughs> I remember that sort of being once he said that I had forgotten that that was here, but I remember that was kind of big. A lot of people would you know kind of one of those pop culture references. People would go in, we're going to Sizzler, that kind of for thing. a long time. Yeah, exactly. All right, next um, I have it's, it's like Luck of the Irish, except for I'm not Irish. You figure it out <laughs> have, again at the end of that one on one scene when he makes them all. He's like, wow, I've never been this lucky before. Yep. Um, when he's shooting to get on Jeopardy, the guys are making him. They, Sydney basically they they tell him if you make this shot, yeah, I'll get your girl on Jeopardy. If not, so he gets up and he looks at the at the one goal, and the guy goes, "No, this is Ghana." Yeah, you're <laughs> shooting at my friend. You're shooting for the Sudan <laughs> and hook shot. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Um, later in the movie, they say, I like they kept using the same kind of line, but it was like, hard work being this good mm-hmm. kind of made me, I'm like, oh, okay, we're keeping on the same theme. Yep. 
Uh, Sydney, a man should never look desperate. It's impractical. <laughs> yeah. As he's tr- frantically trying to get to him. Right. Um, four words. Listen to the woman. Yep. That's a, that's a good life yeah, lesson. Yeah, I've got that on here, too. I've only got four words for you. Listen to the woman. Um, of course, he uses white men can't jump. So I, I, yeah. I, I, I had to work that in here. Uh, Gloria, screwing is for carpenters. We don't have to go into detail about that, but that was one of the, the scenes I laughed there. at that one. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got more on that scene in my scenes, but I thought that yeah. was a good line from that's that standalone. scene. The, the one-liner, yeah. Um, at the very end of the movie when he's talking to him and he goes, well, I'll listen to the woman. And he's like, do I have to agree with her too? And he's like, no, you're listening. That's a good start. I don't want you to, <laughs> I don't want to stress you out. I thought it was pretty funny. Um, all I care about is getting out of the Vista View apartments because there ain't no Vista and there ain't no view. That's pretty funny. <laughs> Does this movie have any like iconic lines that stand out? I don't think so. It really doesn't. Like that's all of mine already. I, you know, I, I'm trying to think. You'd rather well, look good that's and good lose one. than look bad and win. I think, again, it's not really it's iconic, line. but it's part yeah. of when we're going back to what we were talking about, the themes and the stereotypes that they're kind of trying to portray in this. As it, This is how white Billy sees black Sydney and, and, and all the guys out here, and, and so that's, that's how he views him. And again, I, I think that by the end of the movie, Sydney turns that stereotype on its head. I thought it was a pretty good job by a white guy like Ron Shelton to come up with a lot of this stuff. Well, and they both turned the ter- stereotype, right? Because then he didn't want to dunk because it was too flashy. Yeah, that's true. So that's I guess true. they both... But that line's pretty iconic in the movie. Mm-hmm. It, it sets up a lot between them. Yeah. It's kind of funny that he's getting all philosophical, and that sounds like something Rosie would say, not him. <laughs> that's true, too. <laughs> she ha- And that's she had a lot of sort of philosophical stuff that she had in there. I couldn't tell throughout the whole... Here's... I don't know. I was just say one thing that bugs me. I couldn't tell if she was smart or if like they were just like, yeah, go ahead and try out for Jeopardy. Well, and they kind of took a while, it seemed like, to get into the Jeopardy thing. Which is right? so random and weird. Yeah, I know. It's like, I want to be on Jeopardy. And, yeah. and But then, because it's like, just like you said, you really couldn't tell what her character is supposed to be. And just because of a stereotype, maybe that's part of it as well. Like they set it up and they really didn't tell you how smart she is, but because you hear her speaking with this thick accent and a little bit of a high-pitched voice, we're automatically assuming things about her, and then it takes a little bit into the movie, like, by the way, she's also killer smart, and she goes on Jeopardy and wins a ton of money. Right. See, but she's, I mean, at this, I get it at the end, but as I'm watching the movie, again, not viewing it before, I'm mm-hmm. like, she's obviously an idiot because she keeps going back to the same guy. <laughs> yeah, well, but... Yeah, relationship addictions. Go figure. Well, that's just her not getting out of her own way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jeopardy will be calling. All right, favorite scenes. Well, all right. Let's, I like the Jeopardy stuff. I loved the show Jeopardy. Okay. So I enjoyed, I thought it was, at first I just thought it was a funny tie-in to the mm-hmm. movie that they mentioned Jeopardy and that they reference it a couple times. But then she actually goes on it, and I love the way they made her miss the first question terribly. Yeah. The first question was something about uh, the all-time leading rebounder in the NBA. Right, and she answers Babe Ruth. Yeah, and you're like, oh, which you're expecting no. her to get because it's basketball, right? And it's funny the first couple of questions, Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrelson knew it, and the, their characters knew it, and the right. audience, and she didn't, and she's a smart one. Yeah, and they actually did have, um, in ninety nine nineteen ninety seven a category of foods that start with the letter Q. That's right, in Real Jeopardy. So oh, really? In nineteen ninety seven, so that's five. They years actually after this. did foods that start with the letter Q, huh? Yeah, interesting. All right, um, 
really all the hustle scenes are pretty good, but I've got the first hustle when we meet all the characters and everything, and it's, you want to run? You mean play basketball? When he's sitting there on yeah. the side, and then it's like, you know, they we, we, we meet those guys, and Woody's like, oh, this ain't my spot. I never make four in a row, and then he goes into, it's hard work making something this pretty look like a chump. You know, I've hustled the best by the time it's all said and done. It was it was it was a good way to establish all the characters and really set things up and get us going in this. Right. And then uh out of that though, how did Wesley Snipes know where he lived to go ask him to play ball? I did wonder that. But that's the things that bug you. Don't jump well, ahead. Well, okay. Don't jump ahead, Bobby. Come I was just on. Flowing with you. <laughs> trying to follow your scenes. All right. Any other scenes you've got? Oh yeah, I got a lot of them. Okay. The, obviously the one on one where they're shooting back and forth. I enjoyed that. Um, the first hustle, what was it, for like 50 bucks? Yeah. It wasn't even that much money. No, it wasn't, was it? I think he says he won 62, but he took five out to get her her mm-hmm. burger with everything on it. Yeah. Which, that's another thing that's consistent through the movie. You know, then when he wins the the tournament or whatever, he buys her a dress. He always gives her something. Um, I liked when uh, the guy tries to rob the store for money for their first team hustle. Mm-hmm. He goes in there with a gun and the guy that owns the store is just like, what are you doing? I don't <laughs> yeah. remember the guy's name. He's like, Tim, what are you doing? He goes to his car to get yeah. a, st- uh, a stocking cap yeah. or a, a ski mask and put it over his face. And it's like, anyone built like that with the T-shirt and he's sweating, you, you know exactly who that right. is. <laughs> and he ends up selling the gun to the store uh-huh. owner. So that's pretty funny. Right. Yeah, so they do that hustle together. And then I think it's the hustle after that where – and that's I think that was a good setup in this because – None of us, like, you didn't see it coming when Sidney hustles Billy, when he gets him out there on the court and they're playing together, but he's actually hustling him. He intentionally loses so that he can get money back from Billy. Yeah. I That was weird. A little bit of a double cross there. It was. I didn't see it coming. Because you also kind of thought, well, they're starting to bond a little bit at this point, and then he completely screws him over on that. Right. I guess I, I obviously, I no. When you're watching it, they had foreshadows in there. I guess you didn't so. see them arguing when they were winning at all. And he's like, "Come on, yeah, you gotta, that's true. You got to take yeah, he's that like, shot." What are you doing? Yeah, 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 that's true. But then I didn't even even when it happened, I was like, "Wait a minute, he's happy that they lost." Like it took it's nice little scene. Yeah, shows a rift between them and that you can't trust anybody out there. Right. The scene where he and Gloria are in bed, and this is where they get into some of the deep philosophical stuff. So first, you got Gloria is thirsty. Oh God. Right? So if I'm thirsty, I don't want you to bring me a glass of water. I want you to sympathize and tell me, Gloria, I too am thirsty. (laughs) And Billy's like, when I say I'm thirsty, it means if anybody in the room has a glass of water, I'd like a sip. (laughs) But I think, you know, again, it's like the difference between men and women and what we're thinking and what we are expecting from the other part of the relationship. I think that's absolutely true, but it's also, I feel like you see there that they're from different worlds. Yeah. Like, maybe he's, I don't know what the right word is, but, like, he's a hustler, whereas she's an intelligent person that could probably do better. So, I think that quote between them shows that they're just from different places, male, female, and different worlds. Now, this is also, that particular part is part of what bugs me, and I'll get to that. I really don't have a whole lot that bugs me. Okay. But that is part of it, so I'll get to that in a little bit. We'll get through the scenes first. Oh, a nice little tease. So then I've also got the big long quote from Gloria. Sometimes when you win, you really lose. And sometimes when you lose, you really win. Sometimes when you win, you really lose. And sometimes when you lose, you really win. And sometimes when you win or lose, you actually tie. And sometimes when you tie, 
you actually win or lose. I hate it when you talk like that. It makes me crazy when you talk like that. Winning and losing is all one big organic lobule. That sounds like boom, and it's kind of like goes back to Bull Durham, really, with with some of the philosophical stuff there. You know, like the cliches that they were spouting at the end. This but. is kind of like a Dallas Cowboy story, right? Because if they win, they lose. If they <laughs> lose, they win. That's right. We're exactly. No. What, yeah. what, what, what do you want from them? Yeah. Because if you lose, you get a better draft pick. So that's winning. Yeah. But now that's a good quote, right? No, I mean, and when you think about it, it's true. And then this is kind of really like when she drops. I didn't even initially notice organic globule you know so again it's like am i watching someone who's not that smart who's trying to make us think she's smarter than what she is that's kind of the first hint and then we do find out not too lo- really kind of starting with that 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 there is something deeper to her see and even that quote was so all over the place i still couldn't tell through that if she was intelligent <laughs> or not right but maybe that's on me for but being I mean, unintelligent couldn't you have seen nuclelouche <laughs> Oh, God. Go, like saying that whole thing yeah. right there. Sometimes when you win or lose, yeah. <laughs> you know, I you can... actually tie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess. All right. Any other scenes you've got? Um, the tournament when he's talking crap the whole time and he's in the zone. Oh, I know. And he's kind of trying to get Sydney mad also. Is it that yeah. same one? Yeah. yeah. I didn't write the line down. I should have said, like, what are you trying to do? Because I'm, like, I'm trying to get underneath their skin and trying to embarrass you at the same time. Right. Just kind of funny. Yep. It was a good scene. It's also weird that move, like the whole thing, they referenced that tournament when the movie starts. So. Oh, that's right. Because they were already sort of talking about them, weren't they? The, the two on two tournament that they got in. Right. So that makes me wonder why would he want to hustle him before that when he could yeah. have won the tournament? Well, see, and that's like the, the one thing that was a little bit confusing that maybe kind of kept you guessing a little bit is like, well, they win that tournament. So they win some money. Right. Gloria goes on Jeopardy. She wins a bunch of money. And it's like, so what's what's the end point here? Because because Billy's also got these gangsters chasing him around and he owes them money. So why don't they just pay the gangsters off to get them off their back? What's what exactly is what's going the end on game? here? Yeah, exactly. It took it obviously takes until the end before you really figure it out. And it's kind of funny because even when she's skating around at the end, she's talking about she's like, Well, if I win this much on Jeopardy per week. And then do this. I'll take acting classes and do... You're not going to be on Jeopardy forever. <laughs> right. And well, because back then, the five. rules were different. Yeah, you got five and that's it. And not only that, they would have shot all those scenes in one day. So if you want to go right into stuff that bugs you a Whoa. little bit. They're not, they're not spacing it out over five days. You no. go into Jeopardy, if you're on Jeopardy, and they do like all these episodes back to back to back over in... in one or in like a couple days they get it all cranked out right it's like so uh, she would have known if she was going to win more right they already would have been done yeah and like exactly. you said with the five episode limit too exactly anything that bugs you about it or were there any more scenes before we get to stuff that bugs you um no well i the last scene is they're like standing against that wall and they're chit-chatting uh-huh. i kind of like because they're almost like reflecting on the whole movie yeah which i guess only takes place over a couple weeks yeah it does but it kind of reminds me of apollo and rocky at the end of one which Rocky was it? Where they go to box in their own, where they sort of join forces and yeah, then he's like they're gonna have a sparring match mm-hmm. all by themselves with nobody around. It's yeah. kind of what this reminded me of if they had played one last game or something. It does a little bit. Um, so what? Th- the only thing that really bugs me is what I was just talking about with that the the thirsty thing. She wants him to sympathize with her so that he's feeling what she's feeling. Now, this is a minor thing, but Ron Shelton is a writer. He wrote this whole thing. They confuse sympathy and empathy. Because if you sympathize 
with someone, you feel sorry for them. You don't feel that they're feeling. Right. What she's asking is that he feels what she is feeling, which is empathy. So we're talking about two different two things. things there. I'm not an English major, but I know the difference between sympathy and <laughs> empathy, and it bugged me when I heard that. Honey, I'm thirsty. There you go, honey. When I said I was thirsty, it doesn't mean I want you to bring me a glass of water. It doesn't? You're missing the whole point of me saying I'm thirsty. If I have a problem, you're not supposed to solve it. Men always make the mistake of thinking they can solve a woman's problem. Makes them feel omnipotent. Omnipotent? Did you have a bad dream? It's a way of controlling a woman. Bringing them a glass of water? Yes. I read it in a magazine. See, if I'm thirsty, I don't want you to bring me a glass of water. I want you to sympathize. I want you to say, Gloria, I too know what it feels like to be thirsty. I too have had a dry mouth. I want you to connect with me through sharing and understanding the concept of dry mouthedness. This is all in the same magazine? Because she's, you know, because that's a, that's a pretty pivotal scene about she's what she's looking for stance. from this guy. Yeah, and it, so it's it's the wrong word that yeah. they're using. So that kind of bugged me a little bit. It's like how people always use the word irony wrong. Yeah, exactly. Like, just because it's... Or literally. Right. I literally have a 50-pound rock on my head. I, no, you don't. Well, I, we, <laughs> if you did, you'd be dead. <laughs> I'll bite my tongue on that one. Yeah. We're like, I could care less, then care less. Right. But so I, well, and I it's get, actually I couldn't care less. Right, that's what I'm saying. But a lot of people say I could care less. Yeah, exactly. Right, just don't then. Right. Um, yeah. I, so what else bugs you? That's did, really all did, I have. It, did the side boob bug you? The side boob did not bug me. Yeah. What bugged me was <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> once I I had kind of forgotten about because again it's been a couple decades since I saw this movie, but I saw it on. A, uh, a cable channel on TV, not a premium. So there's commercials and stuff involved. And Censoring. They blurred out the side boobs. So. <laughs> That's disappointing. That was yeah. probably the best scene, really. Yeah, probably so. No, I, I was surprised, though, actually. I don't know why. I just wasn't ready for her to get completely naked, and that escalated quickly for them. Yeah. She did get completely naked? No. Well, I mean, they were, they were not doing what carpenters do. Okay. They were arguing, gotcha. and then they started doing a song, and then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, wow. Boom. That escalated quickly. Yeah. So anything that bugs you? Um, some of the, like, I feel like they kept getting to a place where the movie could almost be settled, and then something, like. Well, yeah, like I said, with, like. It was, there was a couple too many there. Yeah, there were, like, three different points. End points, yeah. Where the, where the movie could have just ended. And why. And then they kept going from there. And why did this point decide to be the end point? Yeah. But, like, the one that bugs me the most. I understand the double cross, so I'll let that go because it adds a wrinkle to the characters and their interactions. Mm -hmm. But the one where they're just driving home from the tournament, he's like, no, I can dunk. Right. Come on. Why would you bet all of your winnings that you just made? On when you know you can't when dunk. When you know you can't dunk. Right. But it also shows how irresponsible it is. And I, and I think I think that that's, that's really kind of where you see like his whole speech about you'd rather win – well, look, or you'd look good. Look, you'd rather look good and lose than win and look bad, right? Like it, the whole style over substance thing, and so I think you find out that there's really nothing to Billy's whole thesis on that. Yeah, everything's when, when wrong. You, when you see, yeah, it's flawed. Yeah, again, you find out that he's the one that's that's 
way more flawed and is, and is into more superficial things than Sydney is. Well, it kind of bugs me. There's a line that he goes, how many dinners did you take off your table for that chain? Right, right. And I don't know much about jewelry or style, mm-hmm. but I was like, that chain's not even that gaudy. No. Like, if it was like a huge, thick... But again, they're playing up the stereotypes and trying to break I them know. down. Well, I think they do a pretty good job do. of it. But I'm like, well, if you're going to have a chain be a talking point, get a bigger one. Make it a little bit yeah, gaudier looking. Yeah. yeah. Something extravagant. That's probably true, too. Because I mean, it's not like he's walking around in the NBA jersey, you know, like Kadeem Harden was wearing the Jordan, the Jordan jersey. I noticed that. Yeah. And then there was the Magic Johnson jerseys. Yeah, there was. But he was still, well, that was right about, yeah, he was still playing when they filmed it. Yeah. Anything else that bugs you? No, not really. I thought it was a pretty solid movie. Okay. I'd give it a seven. All right. I think I'm around the same range, seven and a half, eight, yeah. maybe something like that. I don't ha- know, eight might be a little high. Seven, seven and a half. It's not going to ever be one I'm going to go out of my way to watch again, probably. Yeah. But if I see that it's on and nothing else is going, then. Okay. Gone. The penultimate question. What role would Kevin Costner have played? Because Bobby's a big Kevin Costner fan, <laughs> and I'm also going to add a new one to this one. Okay. So well, what role would Costner have played? So isn't it a little surprising that he wasn't in this movie? It is, considering he did the other or two of the other Ron Shelton movies, Bull right. Durham and Tin Cup. Yeah. Uh, who would he play? <laughs> I think it would have been interesting if like, he was one of the gangsters chasing Billy around. I was just going to say, he, I don't think he'd be a basketball player. Yeah. And there really weren't a whole lot of other roles because it was predominantly a minority cast movie. Right. So you know, the, the only other roles were basically Billy... Or the gangsters. That was about it. Or he could have played the ref in the tournament. Yeah. What role could Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Bobby's real movie idol, what role could he have played? He could have played all of them. (laughs) Could he have been Wesley Snipes? I definitely think so. You think he could have done that role? Because like you say, that he has the the physique Mm -hmm. to look athletic, but they edit it so that he doesn't actually have to shoot or anything. Not basketball looking, though. More bulky because of his wrestling and football background. Well, maybe before the steroids, he was a little bit skinny. <laughs> yeah, that's true, too. Um, it's actually funny. Did you read any of the potential cast changes? That I were, did. Go ahead. There's some interesting ones. Like David Duchovny was considered for the role of That Billy would have been Boyle. interesting. I don't know what kind of basketball player he is, but and that was really before David Duchovny was... Anything. Yeah. Before, before X-Files, X-Files and any of that stuff. California vacation. Yeah. Yep. Um, Keanu Reeves was also considered. And I just... Could not have seen that at all. I'm not a Keanu fan. I know. Maybe you can tell that. Yeah. Are you or like where does he rate for you? Um, not very high, but then I think if you look at some of his movies, they've actually been good. Very so it's true. tough to like look at his career because I'm like, you're a really terrible actor. Yeah. Like, but you've made a lot of money. So and good you've for got, you. There's the new Bill and Ted that's gonna be coming out pretty soon too. Yeah. Pretty I, excited about that? No. <laughs> Are you? No. Did you watch do you like The Matrix? I never saw any of the Matrix movies. But they were they were very popular, right. obviously. And then he did the replacements, which was a great movie. Yes, no. Um, uh, Denzel Washington was considered for Sidney Dean. No, I didn't see that. I didn't realize that. Anyone else that you saw that was considered for the Sidney role? Denzel would have made sense, obviously. Uh, Charlie Sheen, I read for uh, yeah Billy Hoyle, and he turned it down. Yeah, didn't think it looked good. Well, he didn't think he'd have enough fun with it. Yeah, but his career was okay after that. He yeah. did two baseball movies. Charlie Sheen, he did Eight Men Out. They, he did Major, Major League. League. Did he do, do Did he do anything else? Field of Dreams. Charlie Sheen wasn't he one of the no, no Ray Liotta? I get Ray Liotta is who you're thinking yeah. of, yeah, because of the Eight Men Out. Yeah, yep. All right. Does it hold up over time? <laughs> so what's funny is you ask that question, 
to me, watching it for the first time now, it was a period piece. Mm-hmm. Whereas when it was made, that was just the, the style. It was the made fashions. in the now. Yeah. yeah, 91, 92. So for me, seeing it as a period piece, I think it's fine. Because I don't think, like, obviously those fashion trends have but not held But it's not up. meant to be a period piece, right? Yeah, and I mean, that's that's like... The double tank top with the low cut that Woody's wearing the whole time, and the biker, you know, cap flipped that up. he's got with the flipped up bill. How about the, the the thing that made me laugh the most in the movie on accident was when he's about ready to go dunk, and they start doing the pumps on the shoes. That's right. I remember those being super popular. That's right. I forgot about that. So no, none of that holds up. Well, and then the other things, the references that they use because they call him Brady Bunch all the time, and they right. were like Opie. Because it was like the one, Opie's pissing on me when they were, <laughs> they were playing in the basketball game. So they called him Opie Taylor, which of course goes back to uh, the Andy Griffith show and the Brady Bunch. And like, have you ever seen either of those two shows? I've watched them both. Okay. But very much of them? No. And definitely, obviously. And again, you're in a much, because yeah. you were born in the mid-80s. I was born in the late 60s. So like I grew up where both of those shows were still on syndication quite a bit. Right. Whereas now you have to go looking for them on Nickelodeon, Nick at Night, or wherever to find that stuff. Right. It's like what Big Big Bang Theory or Family Guy. They're on yeah. every channel all the time now. Yeah, exactly. Like it's more it's way more nostalgia now to find somebody who's even maybe ten years older than me who still wants to see the I mean, so that's like the dated references that they have in there. But I mean I think really though, and there's talk about a remake, I think that you could <laughs> easily remake this. So do, you do you think it's worth remaking? Because apparently Shelton is not going to write it. Somebody else is going to rewrite this thing. <laughs> yeah, you. I think you can. It's just about hustling, really. Yeah. How many movies are about hustling? This one just has streetball in it. If you are going to, so so like, if you're going to remake it today, <laughs> again, like, so you've got Brady Bunch and Opie as the references. Like, you're calling somebody a white boy, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. What are you? What What are your current pop culture references going to be? Oh man. So this would have to be something that's like from the mid nineties yeah. to late nineties. Like instead of Brady Bunch, it's like Modern Family, sort of like the uh the modern version of right. you know, Hey Modern yeah. Family. I don't know if that's really an insult or the, not. Probably not. Oh, you, you call somebody like Seinfeld? Yeah. Like, is that, yeah. I mean, what about like uh Costanza? Yeah. <laughs> Kramer, you know, depending on what they look like. You could call somebody like a AC Slater or a Zach Morris, maybe. Or is that too dated already? Ooh. Like you know, you see. Woody hey, Harrelson. Saved by the Bell. Yeah, you're, he's <laughs> yeah, he's over there. Like, hey, Zach Morris. Yeah, or Screech. Yeah, hey, Screech. Not bad. Nine zero two one zero. Yeah. See, that's the. But those are twenty years old already. I know. That's amazing. So now you what you call somebody a dorky name from Big Bang Theory? See, but I couldn't even tell you a name like, from like, Big hey, Bang Theory. Hey, Leonard. Yeah. Or that's Sheldon. Why, that's why, like, Sheldon. Seinfeld is almost it. But, I mean, even that, I mean, it's been 20 years since Seinfeld even <laughs> ended, even though we still see it on, you know, it's on all the time in syndication and everything. But it makes you feel like it's more recent than it is. Yeah. You know, like, if it's a heavy guy, you could get, you could call him Newman. <laughs> or, you know, if it's a crazy bald guy, you could call him Costanza. And if it's just kind of a weird guy, you know, those kind of eccentricities and everything. But I don't know what else it would be. Because even, like, you know, like, Friends never really held up. Like Full House even references? Though, even though there's a resurgence of friends with kind of people your age and younger right now on Netflix, even though it's going to be moving off Netflix soon. But it, even then, it's like, hey, friends, you know, it's yeah, like, you, no. it's not going to work. No. I don't know what it would be. You could maybe uh, see all the things I'm thinking of, like early 90s, which I guess are too old anyway. Yeah. If you had. It, it almost has to be early 2000s now at this point. Right. I can't even think of any popular shows from that. Like maybe mm-hmm. The Office. I don't know. Somebody. 
Probably not. I don't know. Did hey, you... Will Ferrell. <laughs> <laughs> right. If you had to not rec- even though he guest starred on The Office, but not necessarily. But go ahead. If you had to recast this, how would you recast it? If like being, today? Yeah, if it's being we're doing it today. Now, boy, that's a good question. Do you have any casting ideas off the top of your head? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll talk to you next week. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, Kevin Hart could play uh, Wesley Snipes' character. Yeah, he could. He'd make it go a little different direction with it. He'd be comedic, but he's very short, too. So, like, how believable is he going to be but that's what I'm saying. as a street you could almost, basketball player? Could almost play into that and kind of yeah. make them the underdog story. Like, if Chris Rock was younger, I think he'd be interesting, but he's too old at this point. He's like... What about for the fifties? And this is kind of relevant as we record this. I don't know if you saw the videos floating around. Adam Sandler could play Billy Hoyle. That's true. He's, there's these clips going around of him playing street ball with people. But again, he's older. So are you gonna are you gonna cast it pretty young still? I I think you almost have to. Yeah. Right. True. Part of it depends on who can play basketball. Right. For the, one thing, like could Justin Timberlake pull it off? Yeah. Or is he too old even at this point? He looks younger, though. Yeah. I don't know. The videos of Adam Sandler floating around, he looked pretty legit. That's I think it, it, that that's part of this. Anytime you do a sports movie is figuring out who looks believable playing. Yeah, who looks believable and can also act. I don't think you'd want a couple of unknowns if you were doing this again, would you? I mean, if you could. You need at least one star, I think. Obviously, as we recast this in fantasy you know, book it. Yeah, we'd want stars. You don't yeah. want to be like, oh, here's this guy we've never heard of. Yeah. And like Gloria from Modern Family would have like been a potential Gloria, you know, Gloria in, in this, the right. Rosie Perez. Sofia Vergara. Part. Yeah, but now she's too old as well. So yeah. unless you're going to cast it all, everyone's going to be in their 40s or 50s. I think it's tough. Yeah, maybe we just, maybe we should bring Keanu Reeves into it. There you go. <laughs> all right. Anything else before we wrap this up? No, that's all I got. Do you want it remade? Would you like to see the remake of this? So when you remake it, is it made for today or is it made as a timepiece now in the No, 90s? I think you've got to remake it for today. Right. There, I don't think there's any benefit in setting it in the 90s. Too, it's already been done. Yeah. Yeah, I don't need a remake then. I like 90s basketball. I like 90s time period pieces. Yeah. I don't really. I think I agree. I think I might have been leaning toward maybe you remake it going into watching this, but I, I really don't think you need to. Now, does their remake start over with like nobody that like doesn't connect at all, or does remake pick up where he left off? That's a good question. Because then I could go. Well, with that. It, if it's it's a sequel, if it picks up where right. he left off, sure. But it's a remake if you, I guess, essentially I'm, do the same type of story that they did. I'm asking you, I guess, which would you rather have a sequel or a remake? Well, and that's um, a sequel I could live with. I don't think I'd want a sequel, even though I mean, like, I'm kind of guessing. That Billy, based on everything that's happened to him, was probably homeless within two years. That's right. Right? Yep. <laughs> and so I don't need to see that. I think Sidney, you know, finally got out of the Vista View apartments <laughs> with his wife and kids, and he's got 10 jobs, and he's doing his thing, and he finally settles and maybe establishes one business, and he, he's a pretty successful guy doing that, but... Billy ends up on the streets and things don't go very well for him. I can't. Well, so we need a darker version of. <laughs> I think that's sequel. called that's called Rocky Five. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, but Billy was slowing down towards the end because like he didn't want to play in the game and he asked for permission. I mean, he didn't listen to her answer, but yeah. So like he he knows he's time's limited. Yeah. He probably gets killed by a mobster. 
Probably so, because he ends up in debt with somebody else right, at some yeah. point. All right, great way to end this one. I don't know what we're doing next, but that's two guys talking sports movies. I'll talk to you next time.